0: as has already been mentioned, we are uh, looking through a series or doing a series on follow the servant. The Lord Jesus is portrayed in the book of Mark as the perfect servant. We're looking today, the title is The Difference Faith Makes, and that title is much better than the title that the NLT, at least, puts on this section. How would you like to be given the task of speaking on a particular passage of scripture? And then would you look it up? It is called a dead girl and a sick woman. That's what this is called uh, in the NLT. And that's the subject that I'm supposed to be speaking about today by way of encouraging each of us. So let's uh, let's have a look at this and uh, see what God would say to us this morning. Um, Before we just jump right into it, I just want to do a bit of a refresher on who is Jesus. We are following Jesus as the perfect servant. If you were to look on your phone or in your Bible or however you look at Scripture at 1 John, or not 1 John, at John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 1 to 5, it tells us very succinctly and very specifically who Jesus is that we are following in Mark's gospel. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. And then in the 14th verse, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Packed into those verses is a wow of just who this Jesus is that we are looking at together this morning as he lives and moves amongst us. He already existed in the very beginning. We heard a little bit about that in the apologetic session yesterday. It's pretty mind-blowing, but there is no beginning to Jesus. In the beginning, he already existed. You cannot go back to a time when Jesus did not exist. He was always there. He was with God and he was God. The Lord Jesus is the second person of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was with God and he was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He is the creator. God made everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. In case we didn't get it the first time, God made everything through him. It says, again, nothing was created apart from him or except through him. He is the author of life. The word gave life to everything that was created. His life brought light to everyone. Light and life are are so interconnected in the word of God. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Light extinguishes darkness. Darkness cannot extinguish light. It's an amazing thing. And then that word became flesh and made his home among us. I love in, a, in another translation, it says he moved into the neighborhood. So the Lord Jesus came, the Son of God, the creator and sustainer of all things, the source and the author of light and life, He came and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. In his coming, he displayed in in a full way, in an unfailing way, love and faithfulness. So that is who Jesus is, the one we are following in this follow the servant. All right, let's now go to the actual passage of scripture and we'll have a look at it together. So we go to Mark's gospel, chapter five and verse 21. It says there, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. What we have here succinctly described in a few verses is one of the kinds of crises that happen in our lives. Jairus is living along. He's living his life. He's serving God. He's done lots and lots of things to please God as he understood it. He has obviously grown up in a rabbinical uh, setting. He has studied, he has learned the Torah. He has followed the traditions and the teachings of the Torah. He has he has reached a point where he is actually the leader of a synagogue and in spite of all of that he finds himself in this absolute crisis and all of a sudden that dear dear 12 year old daughter of his is dying he needs God now Political correctness, gone. Concerned about what others around him are going to think, gone. Who hears or sees him, doesn't matter. He is a desperate dad. You and I, in our Christian lives, have been there. As I reflected on this, I thought of different times in our journey where we have been there. Sometimes it's a buildup to a point like that. Sometimes it hits you totally out of left field. You have no idea. All of a sudden, you find yourselves in one of those crises moments. And you just lay it all out before God and cry out to him. Now let's see what happens. Verse 24, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal for many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. This is the other kind of crisis. It's amazing how these stories are woven together here. This is one of those long-term, exhausting, no solution situations. You think of one of those in your life? It's not that it's a particular crisis today. It's that this has gone on day after day, month after month, year after year. You have prayed every day about this for as long as you can remember. Slowly, this woman had suffered loss, hopes had been dashed so many times. Every doctor she had gone to was a fresh hope that maybe this one could cure her. The doctor had taken her money and tried. She would be considered unclean, quite possibly she had not been able to marry, or maybe She was married, but was childless. And there was shame connected with that. Maybe her years of being able to have a child were passing, or had passed. Some of these losses you can share with those around you, like the death of a loved one, a job loss, or divorce. Other kinds of losses are largely carried alone. Childlessness, singleness, a rebellious child, crime in the family, things too embarrassing to actually share very much. I've seen recently among some of those that I know and love illnesses that have robbed of plans for retirement years. I have an older brother and I have a younger brother. For each of them, Pushing their wives around in a wheelchair is part of life. It's the loss of what wasn't. This is the case for this woman. Incredibly, she has a crazy faith. There is no record biblically other than this story of any somebody touching Jesus's garment and getting healed. It, it, it just doesn't, it's it, it, like we didn't have any, we don't have any other ones like that. But somehow this woman still had an incredible faith and she fights her way through the crowd and she gets to Jesus and touches him. Verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace, your suffering is over. Every story is unique. Every family that I see represented on this Zoom screen today is in a unique journey. But the common thread is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a weird one, touching his garment. For us Protestants, this almost sounds a little catholic and it sort of makes us uncomfortable. But this is the story. This is what happened. She had the faith to reach out and touch the Savior, even after 12 years. Notice the wording of what she, it says. She could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. There was a healing from the inside out here. Healing comes to you and I in many ways. Sometimes God gives us physical healing. Sometimes he gives us fresh grace for the trial and a fresh perspective. When he changes our view of things, It's a strange kind of healing but I believe it is healing. How did God the Father answer the Lord Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? The Lord Jesus prayed, Father, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. To see how God answered that prayer, you have to go back to Isaiah 53. There in Isaiah 53, you see, you read, he will see of the fruit of the travail of his soul and he will be satisfied. How did God answer Jesus's prayer? Did he take the burden away? No. But instead, he allowed the Lord Jesus to see and to be satisfied with the result of that. What I do know is that when we pray, Jesus stops and listens. I love this. I love this journey here. Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? Jesus knew who had touched him, he's God. He says, I perceive that power has gone out of me. Jesus knew exactly what was happening, but he was on this journey with this woman in discovery of what God was doing. I have seen this so well. With my dear wife with little children you i tend to be the type that just sort of when a child asks a question i just want to tell them the answer straightforward here's how it is when my wife is journeying with a little child she's probing them and she's showing them with an illustration and she's asking them another question and she's helping them on the journey of discovery and Jesus is like that. He journeys with this woman and he, he talks to her and he responds to her. It's beautiful. Sometimes in this perspective changing, it, it's a battle. It's not a one-shot deal. Katie and I are, have had a very fun and strange journey in life. I remember looking down our long dining room table at Katie a few Christmases ago, back before COVID when everybody could get together. And it struck me that we are a childless couple. And in this table packed with kids of every nationality and every description with all the craziness that goes with it, you say, huh, how did that work? And somehow what God did is he changes our perspective so that we see he answered our prayers in a different way. Instead of giving us the children as we had prayed for them, he gave us a calling on our lives to work with hurting kids. The trouble with God's change of perspective is sometimes it needs a refresh. So we can have this all clear and this is wonderful and this is great and God's given us this calling and perspective but then you can wake up the next morning and you feel grumpy and you feel disappointed in God because he didn't answer your prayers the way you wanted. So we, then we need to go back and we need to get that perspective again. Excuse me for a second. Sometimes when you're speaking, your nose is running. You can wait till the end, but sometimes you just can't. So what we also do know in in our losses and in these trials, in these long-term ones, the 12-year types, we know as it tells us in Isaiah 40, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary. He never grows weak. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. So never think that you are in the crowd unnoticed by Jesus. And always remember, complete healing is still ahead for us when the Lord comes. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the house of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Wow, have you been there? God, you took too long. It's hopeless now. I see you working in other families, but meanwhile, mine is a disaster. How about this from Jairus? to Jesus, if we could read his mind right at that moment. I have served you faithfully for years. I've seen you answer other prayers, but my daughter is dead. There's a crisis moment here in Jairus' faith. Your daughter is dead, there's no trouble, there's no use troubling the teacher now. What has that moment been for you? We've all had them. Our moment of crisis. You know, oftentimes when you meet an atheist, I found most times when I meet an atheist, that in fact, they had one of these moments And instead of turning to the Lord or to God, they turned away in anger. And they decided that he does not exist. Some of you remember Chris Pichotto that uh, came to our, came to RBC for quite a while with her husband, Tony. She told me once that she was an atheist. And God seemed to give me right at that moment to say to her, no, you're not. And she said, with some anger, yes, I am. I'm an atheist. And I said to her back, no, you're not. Then she said, why can you say that to me? I've told you I'm an atheist. I said, because I can see by your tone that you're angry. And if you're really an atheist, there's nobody to be angry at. And she acknowledged and it was a start of a spiritual journey, I believe, that ended up with her coming to a clear faith, um, but that... She was angry with God. What had happened is in this moment in her life, she had turned away. You and I need to turn towards him to hear the words of the Lord Jesus. He overhears this and says to Jairus, do not be afraid, just have faith. And then Jesus stopped the crowd. He wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion, weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked why this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. He took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, to lithicum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. You know, sometimes in our journey, brothers and sisters, we find these stories hard because Jesus does touch and he does heal and he does bring complete restoration. She gets up, she walks around, give her something to eat. Jesus works in our lives at many different levels and there are many things that we don't understand. And we have to trust him and know that he is the great healer. In this story, the Lord Jesus did heal, but it was after Jairus had been through a crisis. You and I have seen God work in different ways. You may be at a time where you are seeing healing and for that you thank God You may be at that time of crisis, as Jairus was, when he had heard the word, don't bother troubling the master anymore. If I can put it that way to you, stop praying. It doesn't work. It's too late. If that's where you're at today, if that's where I'm at, then we need to hear those words of Jesus. Don't be afraid. Just believe. We need to keep trusting. I love the understatement when, when this girl rises up from being dead. It says they were overwhelmed and amazed. Like, like yeah. They were like, uh, she just got up from being dead. It's like, yes. God's timing is not ours. He's got a bigger plan. He's got a bigger purpose. He's molding us through these trials that he allows And some of the toughest, the deepest ones are when it happens in our families. He works in you through that wayward child that is beyond hope. Have you ever stopped to think you're struggling with a wayward child? You're struggling with a child that appears dead? That God is working in you through that child? That God is still molding you and I? That's humbling. Katie and I got some of those and it is humbling to think that God sees the need in our lives still for us to be on this journey, but it is true. He also allowed Peter, James, and John to see this miracle of birth. It was good for my soul last week, for those of you that were hearing this message last week, that James Watts replays what I had told him 40 years ago, that I know that the word of God is true because I have seen change lives. And for me to hear that last Sunday played back to me was good, I needed that. You and I, brothers and sisters, we need to keep remembering God changes lives. The Lord Jesus allowed Peter, James and John to see this and they would go out then and tell the world, it's contagious. As we see it, it grows. churro got this past week to see someone make a clear, bold confession of faith in Christ. What does that do for all of us? It encourages us to go on and tell others. When Peter was saying to that man outside the beautiful gate of the temple in and, and Acts, early in Acts, when he says to him, I don't have silver or gold, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. What do you think was going through his head? Maybe he was remembering back to Jairus' daughter. So to wrap, brothers and sisters, we serve a risen Christ. He is Lord. He is creator. He is master. He is God the son. Faith begins with believing. We trust him. This, in this chapter, we see two women, two, or at least not two women, but a, a, a woman first and then a father that Have faith, that trust, and faith begins with believing. In Hebrews one, it says, "Believing that He is, and that He rewards those who seek Him." Remember that the Creator and Sustainer of all things, our Redeemer, the One who died and rose for us, He walks among us. He journeys with us in the crisis of our lives. His healing comes in different forms. Watch for yours. See it and celebrate it. In the crisis moments don't turn away in anger. Reach out and touch him by faith. And always remember that his understanding has no limits. Amen. We are now going to pray.